As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. This is Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, right here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden in New York City. And common sense is often mistaken. It's typically mistaken for deductive reasoning. Now, I'm not a detective or a fortune teller, but I realize there's an audience for that. Some people put more faith in an anonymous YouTube account than on real people who put their actual names and reputations on the line. Putting your name and your face and your reputation on the line every time you offer an opinion means that you're willing to back it up. How much respect would you have for Sean Hannity or Mark Levin or any of the big guys in talk radio if they hid behind an initial or two predicting things that never came to pass? You wouldn't have any respect for them. The reason we respect patriots like Sean Hannity and Mark Levin and so many others is because they put their names out there. Their face, their reputation is on the line every single day, every single time they open their mouth and share that opinion. I can definitely respect that. In fact, I respect it from either side of our political spectrum. I might not agree with Rachel Maddow, but at least she's not hiding as if she's the mass singer or the mass commentator in this situation. She's putting her name on everything she says and she owns it, whether it's BS or not. What I can't respect are all of these anonymous social media accounts and chat boards that put an image of President Trump or some random initials as they spew lies, which are likely foreign propaganda, and the quote-unquote woke masses just blindly follow them, giving no regard to history or to facts. In reality, they're basing their entire existence on rejecting facts, rejecting the truth, and putting an emphasis on playing detective using deductive reasoning so that you can create your own truth. The problem with that is that it defies logic. It defies rational thinking. You know, the way we've processed information since, I don't know, the beginning of time. Yesterday, or maybe the day before, I was scrolling through Twitter, and I saw this, um, somebody, I guess, who I follow, retweeted something from somebody else, and it was an image or a screen grab that said, two star witnesses against Biden found in River Ukraine. Now, the wording was off. I thought that was interesting. Not in found in Ukraine River, but in River Ukraine. What's more is that there was no link to actually check it out. So I took two seconds and looked up the headline. And I found it on a site. The actual site that it was on says in the About Us section that nothing on the site is real, that the entire thing is fiction. I don't normally do it, but I decided I'm going to blast the person who originated that, not the retweeter, but the actual author, for putting out fake news because that doesn't help our movement. And I tried to be courteous about it. But they came back at me saying that, who am I? The source police? Saying that I lacked critical thinking. Okay, fair enough. 
I hit him back with the truth, and he stayed quiet after that. And you can check that out. It's on my Twitter feed if you want to look at it. What's interesting is there's no investigation going on right now where witnesses are being killed. Yes, they may be looking into Burisma. They may be looking into Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and the corruption that they likely committed. But that doesn't mean that they're killing witnesses. In fact, Rudy Giuliani, who was on the 100th episode of This Is America, broke it down on that episode exactly what he found. And he named his sources the witnesses against these guys. And guess what? Those guys aren't dead. But this is the problem with fake news and people that they believe more in beating the other side that they're willing to lie in order to do it. We don't need to lie to beat Joe Biden. So why do they do this? Well, maybe some people suffer from paranoia on a regular basis, whether it's because of drug use or mental illness, or that might just be their personality. Perhaps others just enjoy coloring outside of the lines, being a rebel, rejecting the notion of being a sheep and following the herd, so they want to be the one that runs off. Running off from the herd any which way they can, whether it's true or not, doesn't matter. They want to be the one that stands out in the crowd. They want to be the one that says, you see, I told you, not me. No thanks. That's not my thing. No pie in the sky fantasy politics for me. I don't engage in fantasy sports, but that's another story. And the reason I don't play fantasy politics is because it's an ugly game that you can lose and look really, really stupid when you lose because you're pushing things that aren't real. I'm not trying to become a laughingstock. And that's what happens when you stand for nothing. You'll fall for anything. And I always leave you with that thought. And I mean it. I know that my rights come from God and not from the government. That means that I believe in God. Now, this is an area where faith comes into play. Believing in that which you cannot see is faith. But God has revealed himself in so many different ways. But it's still faith. It's religion for some. It's relationship for others. But it's the belief in that which you cannot see. Faith is not fact. I'd like to think that in politics, we're talking about the facts. In fact, a lot of these people, they're not even into politics. They're into this like cult-like following that blindly follows and guesses about predictions that are based on nothing other than snippets of video that are presented out of context with emotionally charged accusations and some fancy pants music in the background. But most of this stuff is unproven. So let me ask you this. Are you guided by emotions or guided by logic? For me, I choose the latter. Logic all day long. Why? Well, it's pretty simple. Corruption has existed since Cain killed his brother Abel. That's in the very beginning of the Bible. And political corruption is no different than human corruption overall. It's like when somebody says, so-and-so is socially awkward. In my opinion, the modifier of socially is unnecessary. Because people that are awkward in social situations are awkward all the time. They're awkward in private situations. They're just awkward. I guess you can have some people that are, say, maybe only awkward in social situations and not in private situations. But that honestly is a distinction without a difference. Corruption, depravity, or a lack of virtue honestly predates all of us. And the word that was used a long time ago is ambitus. Ambitus is human corruption. Doing some research for this show and my show on Friday and my upcoming debate, Quick Plug with Juliet Huddy on Talk Radio 77 WABC this Sunday. Make sure you check it out at wabcradio.com. That's 5 p.m. Eastern time, New York time this Sunday. I was researching a lot of different things. And one of the things I, I came across an article from overseas on a blog called The Conversation. 
And it says, from our ancestors to modern leaders, all do it. The story of corruption. Very interesting stuff. You should check it out if you can. It's at theconversation.com. Now, one man, you, me, anybody, Trump, can't eliminate corruption. Unless, of course, that one man's name is Jesus. And those of you that believe in my faith, this is not a sermon. And it's not about spirituality. I'm really talking about corruption. In particular, by politicians and those in power of powerful institutions, whether it be banking, Hollywood, whatever. So we've seen that this has happened throughout history. And in doing research, I came across uh, another written work. This is an actual study from Australia. And I found the abstract really interesting. And I, I read most of it, but I want you to hear what's in the abstract so you can get the sense of what's going on. Check this out. There were two broad discourses of corruption in antiquity. The first conceived corruption in moralistic terms as a loss of virtue in the polity, a generalized condition afflicting political elites and citizens indiscriminately. The second discourse is the narrow one. It's a legalistic view of corruption as the abuse of public office for private gain. And as with contemporary understandings of corruption, it involved activities like patronage, bribery, extortion, and embezzlement. It's sometimes suggested that the first discourse was either the only or the dominant discourse in antiquity. But as will be shown in the following paper, corruption number two was very well developed in the classical period, particularly in Athens and Rome. In this paper, they seek to show how well developed this was of a concept, the concept of corruption number two in antiquity by examining its treatment in discourse, law, and in practice. And it goes on, but the point that I'm making here, and I guess what I gleaned from this abstract by Lisa Hill from the University of Adelaide in Australia, is that corruption has ravaged humanity and societies throughout the ages, both type one and type two. Ambitus, back to that word, ambitus has been with us since then, and it's foolish to think that we can't eradicate it by wishing it away, or that we can eradicate it by simply holding bad actors accountable. That would mitigate it. But it won't eliminate depravity, because that's a condition of man. You can't get rid of a cabal of bad guys, because another cabal of bad guys will be right behind them. Now, you can get rid of them, but it doesn't mean that they'll be gone. It doesn't mean the earth will be devoid of evil. That's a fantasy. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't do it. Of course we should fight corruption, given every single opportunity that we have. Just like we use umbrellas to block us from the rain and a jacket to protect us from the cold, We should use our laws to protect us from ambitus. We must hold people accountable for their actions against society, but we must do so realistically and within the confines of our Constitution. And while we're not done, I do want to reflect on something I say in every podcast, and it's a reference from Hamilton, and I mentioned it before, that if we stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. This is important because we don't want to be the kind of people that say fascism and autocracy are okay as long as the dictator is one that we like. Hell no! Fascism and autocracy are never okay. And if a leader that we like leans in that direction, we have to check him or get rid of him. We have to know what we actually believe and believe it. What's so unique about the United States is our system of government, our constitutional republic. While we use elements of democracy within our republic, It's in the form of a select few representatives that act and vote on our behalf, all within the confines of our Constitution. 
We are literally the only country on the planet that has constitutionally protected free speech. Now, other countries have laws on the books, and it's a statutory thing allowing free speech, but the United States free speech is actually constitutionally protected. That's literally by the very charter of laws that started our country, the Bill of Rights. This means that comparing states here in the U.S. to Europe will always be an apples-to-oranges comparison. In fact, there's no other nation that compares to the United States because of how unique we actually are. For example, let's say certain politicians were engaged in nefarious activity. I don't know. Let's just say a ring of human trafficking, smuggling underage minors, children from other countries for rich and powerful sick people to engage in pedophilia and prostitution and other crazy things. Now, in that example, imagine if President Trump were to decide that these politicians and others involved in this criminal syndicate should not have any rights of due process and instead be sentenced to death as enemy combatants and simply just brought before a military tribunal. We're talking about American civilians being brought in front of a military tribunal. This clearly flies in the face of the Constitution. This would be fascistic, unconstitutional, and illegal. Not to mention un-American, because in my opinion, it flies in the face of what America is and what America offers its citizens. We can't pick and choose who gets liberty and who gets tyranny because we don't like them. Because if we do, we will find ourselves without those same rights. And that's not cool. So the point of my example is that no matter how egregious the crimes are, we must never abandon our commitment to our Constitution. Because to do so is to abandon our commitment to being America. This is why we live our lives and raise our children with virtue. Oftentimes based on something much bigger than ourselves, like God and our subsequent faith. Civil society is no longer civil when the government can arrest American citizens and deny them due process. That's simply antithetical to what is just and virtuous. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. That's not justice at all. So keep it right here. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to This Is America. And on the other side of this, we're going to get into AOC's craziness, a couple of more facts, and what's going on with small businesses right here in America. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. This is Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, right here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden in New York City. And common sense is often mistaken. It's typically mistaken for deductive reasoning. Now, I'm not a detective or a fortune teller, but I realize there's an audience for that. Some people put more faith in an anonymous YouTube account than on real people who put their actual names and reputations on the line. Putting your name and your face and your reputation on the line every time you offer an opinion means that you're willing to back it up. Although the real big story, I think, in my opinion, should be that the state of California is banning protests at the state of California Capitol. So if you want to protest the stay-at-home order, you can't do so on state property. 
That is insane because the state has no property. It's public property because the government is of, by, and for we the people. And this is what we see day in and day out, day in and day out, and they're squashing businesses. Now, I started out in life as a teenager with a small business, turned into an adolescent adult with a small business. I was a barber. I was a cell phone retailer an event producer putting together red carpet events to promote different products and support different charities and a podcaster and a broadcaster where I produce these audio products and we sell advertising and we do different things. These are all small businesses, all ways that I've earned money without going to the government, without relying on a taxpayer dollar to fund my expenses, all the while paying my taxpayer dollars to the government, paying my fair share. And a lot of small business owners were up in arms just yesterday when they found out that some of the money that was set aside for small businesses to get small business administration loans to help their business were awarded to big, big companies that clearly weren't small businesses. This is in the UK Daily Mail headline, struggling small business owners demand new government funding restrictions. The Payment Protection Program, PPP, provides loans to keep businesses afloat. It was initially $347 billion in federal funding for small businesses, but it ran out last week, leaving thousands of small business owners at a loss. Big national chains like Ruth's Chris, Potbelly, and others walked away with millions under the loophole that they found in the program's guidelines. And further down in the article, it talks about Angel Criado, who with his wife owns a dance studio in Cleveland, Ohio, saying they didn't get any aid. And it reminded me of my friend Rosemary and her husband, Rob, that have a dance studio in North Bergen, New Jersey. Big shout out to Dance Fusion in North Bergen. These people work hard, good people, raising their family, doing the right thing, not looking for a penny from the government. But the government forced them to close their doors and no longer offer dance lessons to little girls and teenage girls that rely on dance as an outlet, that rely on going to the dance studio every day after school, honestly, as a, a second home where they stay away from the problems that are presented oftentimes to teenage girls when they're in the street, hanging out with friends, doing whatever they do. It's a very positive thing that Rosemary does. And I hope if she applied for one of these loans, she gets one. I didn't check with her. I'm just saying I'm using her as an example because she's somebody I personally know. And my kids have gone to her studio. Someone like that should not be denied funding because Ruth's Chris Steakhouse got small business administration funds. Come on, por favor, that's bull. It's just simply not right. You can't do that. And kudos to the companies that returned the money saying, you know what, we got some, we didn't realize, whatever, whatever their story was, kudos to them for returning the money. But the government hurting businesses, destroying enterprises that may not bounce back, is wrong. And we've talked about it time and again, and I'm going to reiterate it because, again, my background was that of a small business person. This is marketwatch.com. Check out this headline. Coronavirus brings nightmarish march for most retailers, but one group smashes record sales. Sales at clothing stores tumbled a record 50% in March alone. The one category of retailers to clean up were grocers. Americans swamped local chains and mom and pop stores, also known as bodegas in the hood, to hoard their toilet paper and other essentials, blah, 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 record sales soaring to the tune of 27%. Okay, El Bodeguero did good. Because why? Because King Cuomo, 
who's really showing his fascistic colors, decides to say and choose and proclaim who is essential and who isn't. I say to that, how dare you? But okay, that was last week's show. This week's show, I want you to listen to what he said when a reporter asked him about a glitch and a delay with unemployment. Now, King Cuomo says, oh, well, there's a lag. There's a lag in delivering our services. Um, uh. So she follows up and says, well, if the government can't meet my need financially and I am out of a job because of the government, not because of anything else but the government shutting it down, then do I have a right to go earn a living? And he gets very defensive, real prickish. I mean, I was really shocked at how arrogant he was when he basically told this girl to go get a job as an essential employee, basically saying to every single person out there whose business is shut, whose work is currently suspended, you're not important. Your work is not essential. The paycheck you bring home to your family, the food that you put on your table, not important, not essential. It was a real disgrace. Listen to this. They're also saying... If you can't afford to pay me unemployment or you or your system, you is will not be set paid. Up, you will be paid. But unemployment they, they can't from wait the for the they they can't wait for the money. They're out of money. Yeah. We're talking about a couple of days lag on the unemployment insurance and they will get the check from the date of unemployment. Does not cost them an extra penny. Now, they can say unemployment insurance isn't enough. I get it. Uh, even with the $600 check and the $1,200 check and the unemployment insurance benefit is not enough. I understand the economic hardship. We all feel it. The question is, what do you do about it? And do you put public health at risk? And do you drive up the number of deaths for it? Because you have no idea how to reopen now. So they're saying that, is there a fundamental right to work if the government can't get me the money when I need it? Is there yeah, you a fundamental want to go, by the way, right you want to go to, go to work? work? Go take the job as an essential worker. Do it tomorrow. Right? You're working. I am. You're an essential worker. So go take the job as an but, essential worker. But, but the people aren't hiring because of the No, pandemic. there are people hiring. You can get a job as an essential worker. So now you can go to work and you can be an essential worker and you're not going to kill anyone. All across America, crazy things are happening. Yet Cuomo wants to say... Go get yourself a job as an essential employee then. He has got to be kidding me. Not much more I could say about King Cuomo here. And I got to come up with a better name. That's Curtis Lewis' name, King Cuomo II. Maybe I can turn to you, the listener. Maybe you could give me a name for King Cuomo or whatever we're going to call him. Hit me up at Rich Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever you have social media. I'm there. Let me know. I'd love to hear your nickname for this communistic character, Governor Andrew Cuomo. And in pig country, Tyson Foods just slowed down and closed down its largest pork plant after a coronavirus outbreak in Iowa. We're talking about 3,000 people are now laid off. They suspended their operations yesterday, Wednesday, at an Iowa plant that was really critical to the whole nation's pork supply. This plant processed about 20,000 hogs per day. Now, I don't know what side of the debate, if you're even debating whether we should eat pork or not. I know I love me some pernil, so you know what side of the debate I'm on. But the question becomes, do we need the government 
to continue constricting our economy? Can we not adapt and do the things that we know have to be done so we can continue to earn a living in a new modified way? And I'm serious about that. I believe we can. I believe you throw on your hazmat suit, other types of uh, mitigation are possible, and you do the business that you did. Just like when I go to Taco Bell or McDonald's here in Manhattan, I haven't stopped working. I work six, sometimes seven days a week in the city. The only changes that I've seen is that now, again, people are putting up plastic barriers like the bodegas of back in the day and the Chinese restaurants in, in, in Brooklyn and other places that have bulletproof glass because they're open 24-7. People are using trays to hand out receipts or food or whatever so they're not touching your bags or your items or whatever you're buying. Social distancing of six feet is pretty much the norm. Buses are carrying half of the passengers. Half the time I'm on the bus by myself. Can Americans be trusted with the liberty that we have to do what we do? Let me know. I'm at Rich Valdez on Twitter, at Rich Valdez with an S. Of course, you can always check out all of the episodes of This Is America at our website, richvaldez.com. Therichvaldez.com is our repository for all things This Is America. You can check out articles and every last episode of the program right there, free of charge. Up next, you're not going to believe what AOC had to say. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Now, this is it. AOC, all out crazy. Our favorite congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens, New York's 14th district, is back at it. And man, she had a lot to say. She recently put out a video saying that the United States, quote, this is supposed to be the richest society in the world. And I think what this crisis is showing us is that it's only a rich society for a very small amount of people and is a brutal barbarian society for the vast majority of working class Americans because 40% of us couldn't even afford a $400 emergency before this thing started. This is more than a $400 emergency and we're really going to have to step up and completely change our approach to our public systems. This is supposed to be the richest society in the world. And I think what this crisis is showing us is that this is only a rich society for a very small amount of people. And it is a brutal barbarian society for the vast majority of working class Americans because 40% of us are couldn't even afford a $400 emergency before this thing started. This is more than a $400 emergency. And uh, we're really going to have to step up and completely change our approach to our public systems. So AOC thinks that the United States is a brutal barbarian society where the vast majority of working Americans can't afford a $400 emergency. Of course, as usual, it's a lie. She's trying to use some data that she read in a recent report and spin it to say, hey, this 40% 400 sounds like a good thing. But our friends at JustFacts.com, F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com, debunked the whole thing. So make sure you go and you check this out. This is uh, dated April 16th, 2020 by James Agresti from JustFacts.com. And the title of it is AOC's Baseless Accusation That the U.S. Is a Brutal Barbarian Society, end quote. And I'm adding, is false. The statistic cited by AOC comes from an annual Federal Reserve study of people's, quote, self-reported ability to handle unexpected expenses, end quote. Now, contrary to her claim that 40% of us couldn't even afford a $400 emergency, 
The survey actually finds that 12% of United States residents fall into that category. Not 40%, 12%. Moreover, the facts surrounding this 12% figure reveal that it overstates the portion of people who can't afford this type of expense. For example, per the Federal Reserve report on this particular issue, if faced with an unexpected expense of $400, 61% of adults said they would cover it with cash, savings, or a credit card and pay it off at the next statement. 61%. 27% say they would borrow or sell something to pay for the expenses. Either way, that's not 40% of Americans not able to afford a $400 expense that just creeps up out of nowhere. Now, I realize times are tough, and this question, again, is from before the coronavirus. Today, more people are in a lot dire shape. Why? Because the government shut down the economy. Because the government made people stop working. So you tell me, who's on your side? The government? <laughs> no, I don't think so. This is why I always implore you to stand for something. Because if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And this is why we have to rise up and do things and stand up, call people out and take action. Because the only thing necessary for evil to triumph, like Sir Edmund Burke said, is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So do something. And I always say, read something so you know something. And be the change that you want to see in this world. That's Gandhi. And until next time, America, I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. 